Next on BYU Sports Nation, put your game day face on. Football Friday brings BYU a chance at bowl eligibility and, more importantly, five straight wins. We've got your Friday five keys to the Boise State BYU showdown at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. What you need to know before kickoff. Plus, the man calling the game on ESPN, Carter Blackburn, joins the show, and we go all access with BYU's Bronco Mendenhall and his good friend, Boise State's Chris Peterson. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Football Friday, what is up? Let's go. It is October 25th. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. October 25th has been circled on my calendar for a while. One... Because it's BYU football game day. And two, the Cougars have a chance to end the Boise State hex in front of an ESPN national audience. Look, you want more respect, more top 25 consideration? Own the night against the Broncos. BYU 0-3 against Boise State in the series. The last two losses in 2012 and 2004 by a single point. Both in Boise. Tonight, Provo hosting the party. Number of notable streaks on the line. Boise State 20-0 and against teams from the state of Utah all-time. The Broncos have won 50 straight games in the month of October. This is a big game for BYU. I'm extremely excited. The stakes are high. It's on ESPN. It's a Friday night. Taysom Hill's coming off his best performance as a Cougar. BYU riding the emotional high of a four-hour, seven-minute game that BYU wins late against Houston. The stakes are high. It's a huge game, and BYU's got to bring it tonight. Oh, then I, do you remember what it was in Latin? Nocturnus. Nostris Nocturnus. Nostris Nocturnus. Latin for own the night <laughs> on ESPN. A friendly Friday reminder. Listen to BYU Sports Nation each day, noon Eastern, 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org. The BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. The show is also rebroadcast at 7 p.m. Eastern. Or catch the show on demand every afternoon on YouTube.com slash BYU Radio. Listening options? Okay, check. And how about joining the conversation? Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. Time to get bold. What's your bold prediction for the BYU-Boise State game? BYU's O-line does not allow a sack. That's after allowing eight last week. A high in the Bronco era. BYU by 17-plus? Uh-huh. BYU's defense allows only one touchdown or another 7-6 to six game, but BYU wins. Okay, let's break this down for a second. The 17-plus didn't work out so well for Jerem last week. Boise State is not Houston. I'm not going there. If BYU beats Boise State, that's tremendous. Just, just win the game. If BYU wins by 17-plus, though, you're making some noise. And you, draw, you get significantly more votes in the top 25. I don't think BYU is going to be ranked if they win this game because they'll lose momentum with a bye. And they'll go in, uh, they would go in 6-2 and two to Wisconsin with, with a ton of momentum, but not as a top 25 team. So I'm looking at all four of these bold predictions, and I'm not, I'm not sold on any of them. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think the one that's most likely to happen... Is probably BYU by 17 plus. Yeah! <laughs> oh, what Weigh is, in on Twitter, too. We want to hear the you, world coming to. You're not limited to these options. We can just quantify what you think there. So weigh in uh, on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Have a voice. Vote and then expound at BYU Sports Nation. If you have a chance, include where you're listening from around BYU Sports Nation. Yesterday, this was awesome. We had tweets from D.C., Virginia, West Virginia, Michigan, Indiana, Texas, Colorado, Utah, California. Love it. And we love Football Friday. BYU Boise State, break it down, beginning with a rise and shout. It's time for five keys to the game. BYU Sports Nation gets you ready for game day with five keys to the game. Number one. Take away the security blanket. Here's Bronco Mendenhall on Boise's freshman quarterback, Grant Hedrick, saying he's like Taysom Hill in some ways. I think it's pretty accurate. He's really mobile and he scrambles around all over the place and he's fast. He's not as big as Taysom, throws the ball accurately. So, man, where their offense goes now, uh, we're not quite sure, but... He's an explosive player. Our BYU Sports Nation buddy Greg Rebell, radio voice of the Cougars, brought up this stat last night. Boise State is ranked second nationally in pass completion percentage at just over 73%. Here's the catch. 
No pun intended. The Broncos throw Whatever, short man. a lot. They are 111th in yards per completion, one of the worst in the country. So with a young quarterback in Grant Hedrick, they want to give him some confidence. Sounds like Taysom Hill early on. Making easy throws. BYU's defense is built around keeping everything in front, not allowing big plays. So how do the Cougars take away that security blanket? Maybe they don't. Maybe they feel like they can keep Boise State from picking up good chunks of yardage and a lot of first downs. And don't forget, BYU linebackers Kyle Van Noy and Alani Fua both have pick-six plays off short passes. This is a challenge for Grant Hedrick. Not only the BYU defense, but the timing associated with what's going to happen tonight. It's a Friday night. It's on ESPN. Your first career start is is on national television. The whole nation. It's not buried on a Saturday on a regional network. It's on a Friday night in front of the nation. And BYU's defense is ticked. After the Cougar tip off on Wednesday, Daniel Sorensen was, uh, you know, there courtside. We talked to him for. A se- I just talked to him for a second. I said, "Hey, that was fun Saturday." In reference to winning close, <laughs> he thought I meant the de- almost like the defense giving up that many points. He just looked at me like, "Huh?" <laughs> he was he was ticked that I'd even reference the word "fun" associated with that, and so I loved that. I thought, you know what? He is he is not happy. And for Grant Hedrick to be put in this position is really tough because you're right; those linebackers are going to eat up. Those short passes. Bring on the short passes. BYU's outside linebackers, you can't tell me they're not licking their chops for a chance to play against this quarterback and perhaps make another dynamic defensive play. Number two. Protect Taters. With a hashtag in front, of course. Bronco Mendenhall on the need for better execution on all levels to take care of his signal caller. But execution overall from not only the line to the quarterback to the receivers to the running backs which um, a number of those sacks for running back issues, not really um, line issues. So uh, execution is probably a more appropriate word than just a line. So I asked Bronco Mendenhall during my one-on-one with him yesterday about BYU giving up eight sacks last week. He just shook his head. It was against Houston, of course, an all-time high in the Bronco era. Previous high was four sacks. So what's going on? A lot of people point to the banged-up young offensive line that's been really a carousel. While the O-line carries the obvious majority of the responsibility for keeping Taysom out of harm's way, I loved what Bronco said. That all eight of those sacks, not on the big five hog mollies up front. Execution involves all 11 players on the offensive side of the ball. It's true, but it starts with them. Because if a blitz does come or a guy gets around a lineman, then the, the running backs are involved to chip a guy before they get to taste him. So it's really, it's got to, it's got to be better with the O-line, but he's right. The running backs need to block better. Paul Lasique, this is his second or third year of actually playing football. So there's an experience level there, which by the way, he's going to continue to play rugby uh, for BYU. And, but then you have some good blockers in Adam Hine and Algernon Brown. Michael Lisa was a good blocker as well, but he's injured and out for the year. So you're right. It's got to happen with those guys. And when you run 115 plays and tie an FBS record, you're, naturally you're going to be a little tired and there's just more opportunities for sacks. Right? It's that double-edged sword we talk about. Yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of factors that play in it. The thing that you brought up that was a concern was sometimes they only rushed four against five offensive linemen and they have a running back in the backfield and they're still getting to taste them. So yeah, they're going to have to shore some of that stuff up. Number three. Taste them 24-7. Well, it, it, it is um, eventually... For now, we're having to lean on him uh, probably more than I would like and, and maybe more than, than he's capable of over the long term because of the transition from offense and how we're playing. Yeah. And uh, I don't think either one of us, he or I, would regret his role in helping us win that game. If you now say that's what it's going to have to be um, for the next five, that's not realistic. One of my favorite parts each week during football season is the, the opportunity I have to sit down with Bronco Mendenhall one-on-one uh, in a pretty quiet, intimate setting, and he, he opens up. He, and I, I loved what he said about Taysom Hill right here. Like, if it, it, we're, we're not regretting that he had to play this hard, that it was this difficult on him because we won the game, but any good coach is not going to want to wear out the horse. And you can hear more of this one-on-one interview tonight on Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV starting at 5 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Eastern. We take you down to kickoff with an hour-long pregame show jam-packed, full of good stuff, and masterminded by the man that sits to my right currently, Jerem Jordan. Okay, so Bronco, 
He's aware of the situation. Interestingly enough, Kathy Aiken, one of our sideline reporters, she'll be working on uh, the opponent's sideline tonight. She spoke with Taysom Hill on Monday, and Taysom had this to say about his workload last Saturday. I'm a competitor on the field, and I never once think about, you know, hey, that, that one hurt. Like, I can't do that anymore. Um, that That's never once gone through my mindset. So I trust Coach and I, and there came a point where, what was working was me carrying the football, and uh, that's that's what we did, and um, I'm willing to do that. This is what's fantastic about this kid. It's going to be hard. He knows it, but he, he doesn't mind. He doesn't care. Whatever it takes to get the W, I will do it. And, Jeremy, I know you're super high on that. Yeah, he had 78 touches last week, which is a lot. Of course, he touches the ball every time, but, I mean, how many passes and rushes does he have? 78. He passed the ball 44 times and rushed it 34. Granted, eight of those are sacks, um, so 26 rushes, essentially. What's interesting about this is I, I keep, as I heard that, I, I thought, what's the difference between Taysom Hill and Riley Nelson from last year? Because Riley has a similar type of mentality, uh, the phrase, the buzzword with Cougar Nation was grit last year that a lot of fans uh, seemed to not like at some point. The, the, right now, Taysom Hill is, is healthy, and that's the key. He's healthy, and you're hearing the juxtaposition of Bronco Mendenhall saying, I, I don't want, that's not realistic for Taysom to have that workload the rest of the season. I agree with that. And Taysom Hill said he, he trusts the coaching staff. But what Taysom said was, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And that's what you want out of your quarterback. He's willing to do that. Now, BYU needs to help him by having an effective run game and protecting him so that he doesn't have to have 78 touches. Given the offense that BYU is in right now, and we had this discussion earlier this week on BYU Sports Nation, what's okay given the current shape of the offense and the offensive line? Can can you give up three sacks? Is is that is that okay? Do you feel like do you feel like that is where it needs to be? It's certainly better than eight. And 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 here's the here's the bottom line with this: if it took seventy eight touches for Taysom Hill each game for BYU to win, let's say in the big games only, Wisconsin, uh, Boise State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, that'd be worth it, right? To win those games. But what is the cost? If it's injury, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question, and. Like you said, Bronco wants to protect his quarterback as much as he can, but I think they're both on the same page that, look, we're going to take what the defense gives us, we're going to do what we have to do, and you have a quarterback that not only says he's willing to do it, he has proved he did it. he's willing to do it. Number four. Making key plays. Bronco Mendenhall says in close games, look, it comes down to just a few plays that make a difference. Reference Houston. Ultimately, the, the execution in the critical moments, that's just what it comes down to. And usually one, two, or three plays will change a game like that. And you have to make those one, two, or three. I can think of two critical plays that BYU made in the last two minutes of that Houston game. One, well-executed back shoulder throw from Taysom Hill to Skylar Ridley. He noticed the single coverage on the left side and exploited it. The second, obvious, Alani Fua. Breaks on a ball, makes an interception, his second interception uh, this season. An incredible play right there. Those are clutch, clutch performances and big plays that determine the outcome of a game. And before that, some stick out to me even more than those, which uh, won the game and sealed the game. But to set up those moments, Mike Haig blitzing off the corner. Daniel Sorensen as the safety covering that spot. Uh, And then Mitch Matthews, we find out later... It, earlier this week, that he actually got a finger on that field goal attempt, which makes it so BYU uh, it had. It, it's not a four point game; it's just a you know a one point game or whatever. That BYU had to go down, and that's that's not correct. BYU goes down and takes the lead. Uh, what was it? Five? They were down five at that point. Forty six, forty one. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, instead of being an eight point game and having to go for two and convert that if, if you score, BYU takes the lead with that. So. Big plays, uh, a number of big plays, will win you close games. And that may come into play tonight against Boise State. It's a pretty even matchup where a few plays will make a difference. That's what makes this game, and really football in general, so awesome. You look at this, who's going to make the big play? Really, who, who's going to make the game-changing play? You can look at every game BYU has played this year, and you can kind of limit it down to those, those key moments. And that's, uh, that's what makes it such a fantastic game to watch. And number five. 
Is it a bowl party? Gary Cavalli, executive director of the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl, says the bowl will not rule out a BYU-Utah rematch in San Francisco. Well, I'll be honest with you. We would not rule that out. Uh, we've, you know, usually you don't like a repeat game, but uh, I think there are some factors here that would compel us to at least consider it. I mean, it was a very close game. It was early in the season. It's an amazing rivalry, you know, the intensity of which would probably mean we get the entire state of Utah at the game. And, uh, you know, they're not going to play each other for a couple of years. So, you know, all those things would have to be factored in. Gary Cavalli, executive director of the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl on BYU Sports Nation yesterday. Really insightful guy. Didn't hold back. Uh, we asked him a lot of tough questions, and he provided a lot of great, relevant information and insight into what goes into putting BYU in this game, why the Cougars are there. And the reason we're bringing this up is BYU can become bowl eligible tonight officially with a win against Boise State. They would be 6-2 and two, and then into the postseason. Now, I know that bowl eligibility is not the end-all, say-all for this football team. Top 25 rankings, national prominence, there are a lot of things to fight for. But certainly after eight games, and if you beat Boise State and you win five straight games, you become bowl eligible. Things are going really well. Now, he talked about BYU-Utah. I think more BYU fans, in fact, I almost know more BYU fans want this matchup again because of the hiatus and because it's a heated rival, and we lost again. It's another opportunity for BYU to go out and exact revenge against their arch nemesis. Utah, on the other hand, and the responses I've seen on Twitter is like, yawn, no, we own you, let's go play somebody else. And Gary Cavalli told us that they could say no. If it's a repeat that uh, matchup from that season, they could say no. So we'll, we'll see if, if that scenario plays out. Gary Cavalli says no matter who it is in the bowl matchup, it's going to be good. I can't disagree. It'll either be a named team, you know, like a, I said earlier, USC or Washington or Oregon State, or it'll be their closest rivals. So I, I think it's going to be very appetizing for BYU fans either way. you tell me USC-BYU wouldn't generate some interest? I'd rather play that than Utah. And, and We already look, played Utah. You look at Independence... I kind of feel like every week in a way is a bowl game. Yeah, add that. I don't care if USC is unmotivated. It's just USC. Let's play USC instead of Utah. We did that game. Although, if if that's what it's going to be with Utah, that is kind of the epic finale to this era. <laughs> that that is pretty juicy drama. Yeah, and I know Utah fans say no, we don't. You know why they don't want it? Because they saw see BYU improve. They've seen a BYU team that there's would beat op- Utah now. There's an opportunity for that team to lose it a little bit. Cavalli went on to say that the new playoff system, in, in the new playoff system, it's harder for Bulls to commit to those independent teams for a six-year deal, which is why you're seeing Tom Homo do what he's doing with BYU. So we had to take a look at how does our bowl game stay relevant when we enter the playoff era. And we basically made the decision that as much as we love going with independence, it's difficult. You know, it's difficult to line up independence six years in a row. If you missed it earlier this week, Tom Holmo uh, made it a point talking to the Cougar Club that he's very close to locking in BYU to six years worth of bowl games in this independent state. And we wondered, well, why the big push? Gary Cavalli yesterday said that with this new playoff system, it's becoming harder and harder to make sure that you are given an opportunity to play in the postseason. And the six years is specific to the college football playoff right, right. contract. So that I wondered that too. So yesterday when Gary Cavalli was on BYU Sports Nation, he gave us great insight into the other side of that, which we just heard about, which is it's going to be tough for BYU to line up quality bowl games unless they do it before the college football playoff deal starts, which is next year. So we know BYU is going to play in the Poinsettia Bowl in 2015 and then one more time uh, before or on 2019, in 2019. So it's what are the four other bowl games? We don't know quite yet, and but we know that it's not going to be the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. Yeah, it all clicked. I and mean, we asked him, is BYU involved? Is it going to be one of these bowl games? And he said, well, things are a little bit complicated. With a six-year term, which is what the conferences are now demanding, do you want to put yourself out there for six years with independence? And, you know, we evaluated that and we thought about it hard because we love both BYU and Navy. But, uh, you know, we just felt with this Big Ten opportunity that came along, we would do that. The Big Ten Pac-12 matchup in that bowl game is a good one for, for both conferences. And, and I, I can't disagree with Cavalli moving that direction. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN play-by-play specialist Carter Blackburn. He's from Austin, Texas. Wait till you hear what his neighbors in the Lone Star State 
are saying about Taysom Hill after performances against UT and Houston. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight's Boise State versus BYU coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. Then at 7 p.m., watch Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV. The game's on ESPN and BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Then both BYU TV and BYU Radio have post-game coverage. What's your bold prediction for tonight's game? We go to Twitter for some answers. And keep them coming. Let's see. At Dustin S. Hill, he says, A huge play from Saturday was the tackle by, oh, this isn't a bold prediction, but from Pove and Daniel Sorensen to save the long touchdown. Referencing yeah, we the talked big about plays. that. Yeah, absolutely. Another bold prediction. At Spence1CA, he says, KVN sack and interception. Craig Bills ear holes two guys. <laughs> First TD. Uh, oh, okay. Craig Bills getting a touchdown. And Manu Maliuna does a... Bucking Bronco sack dance. Wow, that might be the boldest <laughs> of all. Ethan's a pretty low-key guy. but yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. That's extremely bold. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with the term ear hole, that means uh, you hit somebody so hard it turns their, their helmet sideways and they're looking out of the ear hole. And that kills on your nose. <laughs> oh, fantastic stuff. Keep those bold predictions coming at BYU Sports Nation. Carter Blackburn is the multi-talented play-by-play voice for ESPN's Friday Night College Football Games. Dude has some skill. And he'll be calling tonight's game live at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Carter, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. I appreciate those kind words, especially since I've done a few BYU games the past few years. You haven't, you haven't uh, changed your opinion yet. Uh, that's right. Four games, uh, one in 2011 against Hawaii in, in the islands, and uh, then three last year, Utah State, Hawaii back here in Provo, and, of course, the Poinsettia Bowl. You are the famous voice calling Kyle Van Noy's strip sack fumble touchdown. It was amazing. That was just truly one of the uh, amazing defensive performances. And then after that game, I actually went right back out to Hawaii to have the um, Sheraton Hawaii Bowl out there where SMU's defensive end, Marcus Hunt, just uh, wrecked Fresno State. So safe to say I saw the two best defensive performances of the bowl season back-to-back between Kyle Van Noy and Marcus Hunt. And, uh, you know, I, 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 remember thinking, uh, I remember thinking in that second half of, that, uh, of the, the Poinsettia Bowl, thinking – Boy, Ezekiel Ansa and Kyle Van Noy both going in the draft, that's really going to hurt BYU. Obviously, uh, Ansa uh, did, and, and it paid off well for him, And uh, but Van Noy's back. So that's that's to the detriment of uh, all offensive coordinators on the BYU schedule. <laughs> BYU went 4-0 and in those games, by the way, that you've called, and two of those games from last year were the two starts for one Taysom Hill as a freshman. How have you seen him grow from last year as a freshman to this year as a sophomore? Well, it's, I think it's, number one, solidifying the quarterback position at BYU. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys that or the fans that. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been such an open-ended question over the past few years. Who, who is going to be the BYU quarterback? There's no question now. Uh, Taysom Hill, as long as he is healthy, is not only a guy who's going to be your starting quarterback, but a guy you can build around um, system-wise, program-wise. I mean, this guy, this guy has a, uh, a massive potential. I mean, we know what he, we know what all the Texas fans know what he can do running the football. Uh, it, I think the Houston game was an example of, all right, uh, things are, things are kind of falling down all around you. I mean, Jamal Williams leaves the game. Um, you know, that there, there, there were, there were a hundred different ways BYU could have lost that game. And instead, BYU won the game. And in large part, it was, uh, Taysom Hill making a couple really big throws down the stretch, including that, that 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 touchdown pass to Skylar Ridley, the back shoulder uh, one-on-one to the end zone for game winning. I mean, that is a that is a big time throw. Uh, so to, to find out that that BYU can win a shootout game again, we we uh, you know, and speaking with uh, with Coach Mendenhall, he said, yeah, you know, it felt pretty good to win a shootout game for the first time in a while at BYU, and that's in large part because of what Taysom Hill was able to do and. In the end, it doesn't matter. You throw a few picks or uh, you take a bunch of sacks and the offensive line didn't play great. You win the game, and, uh, and that's, what, that's what your quarterback is supposed to be able to do for you. 
Carter Blackburn, ESPN play-by-play, calling the Broncos and Cougars tomorrow night from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Carter, you live in Austin, Texas. You're right in the uh, the heart of Longhorn country. After Taysom Hill did what he did against Texas, uh, what, what was the fallout in the immediate area? I can tell you, I picked up the newspaper on Thursday before my flight, and so this is the Austin American Statesman before Texas is getting ready to play TCU in a Big 12 game, and obviously uh, every game's big for Texas now. Taysom Hill's name uh, was in the newspaper three times on Thursday morning in Austin. That, that's the <laughs> imprint that he left on uh, Texas football and Texas football fans when we talked to Taysom. I, I mentioned that to him. Uh, he, seemed to, he seemed to be a little incredulous that they were still talking about him. Uh, in Austin, but he said, yeah, when he got on the elevator in Houston, uh, there were some uh, non-Longhorn fans who said, boy, we really enjoyed watching you just roll right <laughs> on defense. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I, there will, there, and, I don't, I, and I don't say this lightly, Taysom Hill will always be remembered in Texas football lore. And, uh, and and obviously uh, not for good reasons if you're a Texas fan, but for great reasons if you're a BYU fan. It was a uh, it was a truly jaw dropping performance by Taysom Hill and BYU against that Texas D. Whenever you get a defensive coordinator fired, yeah, you know you know something ridiculous has happened. Something, yeah, and, and that was that was a that was a ridiculous game. It's one of the few times I've been with a group of guys watching football, and they say. It's so obvious they should do this. Most of the time when somebody says that when you're watching a football game, you're like, come on, man, that's, uh, that's it's way over <laughs> at this point. That was one where you're like, you know what, you're right. Uh, yeah, at this point, you're right. There are a couple, uh, there are a couple football one-on-one adjustments that could have been made. But, uh, yeah, it, it, but, but it, it, that, that performance certainly brought about immediate change in Texas football. We're talking with Carter Blackburn. He's the play-by-play for ESPN on tonight's BYU versus Boise State matchup uh, from Provo. Texas and BYU will hook it up, by the way, next year in Austin. BYU will return that, and so that'll be an exciting game for uh, both sides. When you look at uh, BYU nationally, Carter, and you, you've been able to call some of these games while BYU's been an independent, how have you seen BYU's uh, brand affected by being an independent the last three years? Well, I, I, selfishly, I guess I can say um, uh, that ESPN, the company that uh, you know mails me my paychecks, I, I think being I, I think being back on ESPN has been a big boost for BYU nationally, and being be, being back on ESPN uh, on a regular basis has been a boost. And you know, there's there's many other TV uh, networks, and a lot of them do you know terrific jobs. But uh, I don't think there's any doubt that the elephant in the room is ESPN. When you play on ESPN, you play on a Friday night on ESPN, you have a lot of eyeballs on you. Uh, and then when you, when, you have that, uh, when you have that spotlight, then if you play well, uh, then, uh, then everyone's on board. So uh, as far as how BYU's um, you know, national perception, I, I think is probably, um, boy, they've been an elite defensive team, but can BYU score enough to be an elite team overall? And I think that's exactly why you're seeing uh, the major shift uh, offensively for BYU. Uh, and and when you when you say we're going to be a hurry up offense, that means you're going to be a hurry up team. And I don't I don't know of any other defensive coordinator who has become a head coach uh, who has chosen to go with a hurry up uh, with a hurry up offense. Uh, so it's it's a it's obviously it's it's a big. Uh, it's a big gamble. It's a big change for BYU. But if if you're if you're go if you're trying to re- reach elite college football, you obviously have to have a really good offense to go with what's been a, uh, a definitely an elite defense for BYU. Carter, let me ask you about the the uniqueness of calling a Friday night game. You mentioned a lot of eyeballs uh, around the nation on this game, and it's because there's really not much else going on. Do you enjoy that spotlight uh, as a broadcaster? And if so, why? Absolutely, absolutely. I enjoy it. It's fun to it's fun to be a part of the conversation uh, because um, you have not only um, football fans watching on Friday, you have just about every college football coach in America is watching that Friday night game. So uh, you a when you have a point, you say, you know what, gosh, this is this is something I've noticed, or this is a trend that I've seen that maybe hasn't been discussed. Uh, you know, and I kind of I kind of monitor what everybody else is talking about and say, oh, okay, nobody's brought this up yet. Uh, let's bring this up on Friday night. That's fun. Uh, and then the other the other thing it allows you to do is 
get home on Saturday and sit on the couch and watch games like a fan. We and, have had that discussion a number of times oh, here. <laughs> it's great, and and you know, and and you you know from these BYU Thursday and Friday games when you can sit there and watch football all day, you a get to enjoy it as a fan, but then b as you know as as people who do it for a for a profession, you have a lot better perspective when you have when you have watched the games, you know from noon to midnight 1 a.m. and seen seen all the important um seen all the important games and plays of the day it's, it's a lot of fun i love it carter blackburn of vspn uh joining BYU sports nation we've been talking a lot this week about how the opportunity is there for BYU to really make some national noise this week they have a four-game win streak they're carrying a lot of momentum here into a big game against boise state who despite being unranked is nationally respected to the nth degree still uh, what's at stake in your mind for BYU and I guess both Boise State on a Friday night? I, I think that's I think that's precisely right. I think I think both of these programs are very much uh, respected um, from a uh, from a national perspective. But um, but when um, you know you're in the you're in the Mountain Time Zone, you got to take advantage of uh, the chances the chance to beat those uh, those guys up the road. And obviously the Boise State BYU. It's not a. It's not. Uh, it's not approaching. Uh, you know, Auburn, Alabama, and the Iron Bowl, and, and what that's meant over the years. But for for this part of the country, it's obviously huge. And the bordering states, uh, and the pride that's on the line, and Taysom Hill being an Idaho guy, getting to go up against Boise State. I think it is. Uh, I think it is really big. I think BYU beating Boise State would uh, would absolutely be a signal game that hey, uh, our program. You you would hand Boise State a third loss. Uh, and uh, that's that's big. Um, in fact, it's I believe it would be uh, I believe it would be uh, pre Dan Hawkins last time they lost three games. But I'll, I'll I'll have to double check that before the ball game. But yeah, it's it, it's a uh, it's a big game perception wise. But um, uh, but it, it, it's uh, it, it would it would go especially if you especially if you get another wild game like it was in Houston. I don't think we're you know, and I know Bronco said this. It's not going to be seven to six. I don't think there's any way this is a seven to six bowl game. Please no, please no. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be more likely up tempo offense, both sides, uh, <clears throat> and hang on until the last few minutes of the fourth quarter when it's going to be determined. Carter Blackburn of ESPN joining us. He'll call the game between BYU and Boise State on ESPN. And Carter, uh, for those fans that want to follow you on Twitter. Not necessarily, however, on the internet. Can uh, you tell them where to go? At Carter ESPN. That's uh, that's the way to do it. And and I'll take uh, you know I'll take any dining wrecks uh, around Provo. <laughs> uh, I always enjoy my always enjoy the trips out here. Always hike the Y. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's a lovely place to come visit in uh, in the fall. And it's uh, as good a. Uh, as good a backdrop and football setting as there is anywhere in the country, and it's 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 always a lot of fun to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Carter, before we let you go, I know you talked a bunch about BYU gaining national respect, and I want to ask you this: Is beating Boise State enough to get them back in a top twenty-five ranking discussion, or do they have to do something spectacular like they did against Texas? Mm, I well, you know, boy, it's a good question. I think you need I, I, a. I think you need some losses uh, in the top twenty-five ahead of them to get in. Uh, but I think they would have to. I think they would have to beat Boise State um, soundly in order to uh, really move that radar. Uh, you know, a squeaker win over Boise State is very good, and it's a very good win for BYU. But in order to uh, kind of move the needle um, nationally, top twenty-five wise, uh, I, I would think a. You know, I think I think I think you 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 beat them by a little bit, and and people uh, start voting for BYU. I do. Okay, Carter Blackburn. Good luck on the call, and we appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Up next, Football Friday continues, and Boise State head coach Chris Peterson sounds off on BYU. He'll tell us why he doesn't necessarily like the twelve-year contract with the Cougars, but all he gushes about Taysom Hill. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tomorrow night, the men's basketball team will play the first of its two exhibitions before the regular season. Watch and listen to the Cougars play Colorado College tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Hey, time to go all-access 
with the opposing football coach, Chris Peterson of the Boise State Broncos. He's 89-10 and 10 in his career That's amazing. with the Broncos. Game number 100 tonight. He has a chance to get his 90th win in game 100. Or his 11th loss. That's right. It would end a 50-game win streak for the Broncos in the month of October as well. He's certainly concerned about BYU. You know, it seems like their offense is just really taking off, and they're in a great groove, and they're just clicking. They're clicking on all cylinders. And that's that's what the good coaches do. You know, no matter where your team starts out at the start of the season, you get your team better. And that's what you're seeing out of the BYU team. They're just steadily each week getting better. He's not 89-10 and 10 for no reason. I mean, the guy understands the competition level. He is an incredible game schemer. What does John Gruden think of him? He's awesome, man. <laughs> this guy, this guy, Chris Peter, he's he, awesome. He wins football games. He's a football coach. <laughs> it's like, uh, really? What does Marv Albert think about him, Jeremy? Yes, yes. It's a simple, a spectacular it's as simple coach. as that. Look, Coach Peterson. I trust that dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a, exactly. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Thanks, Taysom. <laughs> So Chris Peterson, he knows what the BYU offense is doing. He's he's reviewed the film, and he has prepped his team. His team will be competitive, ready to play, and they're certainly aware of the fact that he can win game number 90 tonight. Yeah, and he respects not only BYU's offense, but BYU's defense, despite the fact that they gave up you know, 30 points to the defense, but the team gave up 46. He's, Coach Peterson says the BYU defense is based on a good scheme with good players. They just get off blocks. They play really hard. Um, you know, everybody's got a different scheme, and I, like I always say, the, the, the scheme works if you, you've got some players and you, and you coach it up. And they got players, and obviously they coach it up good. And so they know exactly what they want to do, but they got good players. They're very physical, um, and they just kind of keep coming after you. Boise State respects what BYU does because BYU does, you know, gets a certain kind of player. Boise State gets a certain kind of player. Sometimes they'll get leftovers. That uh, you know, guys that were overlooked that are still talented. They have many NFL draft picks. They have uh, a lot of NFL guys. And so, if there's any coach that kind of understands how BYU can do it, it's got probably you know, Air Force, uh, Boise State kind of guys. Absolutely. It, look, he's given all sorts of props to BYU about the talent they have on the field. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Who's we're the? Play- uh, we got to beat you. Stop complimenting us. Yeah. Let 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 BYU earn it. <laughs> And uh, he's respectful. I, exactly. I like Chris we say that tongue in cheek, but Chris Peterson, good dude, really good dude, and a an even better football coach. Onto the man crush, however, he has for Taysom Hill, and we this say is that, great. We also say that with a little tongue in cheek. The guy is super impressed with Taysom Hill as much of the country is. I think that 131 total plays against Houston. I mean, it's those are those are a lot, but he's. He's a he's a he's a warrior. I mean, he carries the ball like a running back, and you know he's got a very strong arm, and he, he's a he's a tough guy to defend. One hundred and fifteen offensive plays. Tyson and he said one hundred thirty-one. He's adding in the total plays. Yeah, total plays, which would include That's a lot. Which would include penalties, kickoffs, kicks off, kickoffs, stuff like that. Returns. Okay, so. Look, Taysom Hill has done some remarkable things. Capital One Impact Performer of the Week. Yes. The ch- the challenge for Chris Peterson is, how do you contain somebody like that? He knows he's not going to stop him, but how do you contain him? Thanks, Dan Patrick. Oh, that's that like, was his, right? That, yeah. You can't stop him. You can hope to contain him. I think that's really what's going to happen tonight for Boy State. Because, he look, here's the deal. Coach Peterson realizes he's a unique quarterback. He's some kind of hybrid of a, a QB, a running back, and a linebacker. What I think about Taysom is that he's like he's like a running back. I mean, he, he, he's going to break tackles. Not only can he outrun you, but he's going to break tackles. I mean, they, they run him all different sorts of ways, and he didn't bat an eye. I mean, he's, he's kind of got that linebacker mentality, and he goes. Chris Peterson has a... "Quote unquote dual threat quarterback as well in Grant one Hedrick. and a half. But can we d- talk about that for a second? Yes. Okay. Two would be that you can effectively pass and effectively run. We don't know that he can effectively pass. He went eighteen for twenty one last week, but had what one twenty five passing. If that, it, he's a one and a half threat quarterback. Isn't that dual? Make it until he passes. He's one and a half to me. So and he says, look, I, but Chris Peterson gets it. Taysom Hill, he says, is just a little bit different." 
He's just different than a lot of the running quarterbacks we've seen. You know, a lot of those guys can scramble and move and get positive yards, but you know, when he's going, he he will make you miss. But he's also, I mean, he's not going to go down. I mean, he's not going to go down with an arm tackle either. See, that's the thing. Taysom Hill can beat you around the edge, and then he can run over you. He's a two point three. He's a dual. He's a dual. He's more than dual. <laughs> no, he's he's really emerged as a passer. That's the thing here. Taysom Hill is a really good passer. He's become a good passer. BYU simplified the offense. He's making better decisions. He's still through three interceptions. He has great uh, you know, improvement that can be there, but he proved that he can pass it. To have a 259 rushing game and a 417 passing game in the same season is amazing. There's not very many quarterbacks that have ever done that kind of thing. Taysom Hill used the Utah State game. I believe, is the big confidence builder. He said, they stacked the box against us, and they forced us to pass, and that was good for me, and it was good for the team. So really, Cougar Thank Nation, you, Utah State. B- yeah, Thank BYU you. Sports we Nation, that. we, we give you. an applause to the uh, Utah State Aggies, Aggies we love you. for allowing Taysom Hill to develop that part of his game because now, as Jerem just mentioned, he is the 2.3 He's a 2.3 quarterback, not 1.5. <laughs> and maybe, maybe uh, Grant Hendrick is 1.3. Who knows? <laughs> But you, you look at uh, BYU's recent success on offense. It's really based on what Taysom Hill's skills are. I think they've created the whole system around him and his strengths. And uh, he looks like he's a better thrower than he was last year. And so, I mean, I think that's, that's it. I mean, they, they knew he was going to be their guy. And so they have quarterback design runs, quarterback read runs every different way. They get him on the edge, throwing the ball, and he can take off running it. We continue with the Chris Peterson sound bites throughout, and and fun to hear what he has to say. It really is interesting that as BYU has leaned on Taysom Moore, they have seen more success. You get the ball in your playmakers' hands, and they make plays, baby, and that's what's happened for BYU. And Taysom Hill had an incredible performance against Houston. I'm interested to see if BYU leans on him in the same way tonight, or if he can distribute that with other playmakers. Taysom Hill is from Pocatello, Idaho. So you've got to be thinking Chris Peterson at one point or another had him on the radar. Of course, he commits to Jim Harbaugh at Stanford when Harbaugh was the head coach of the Cardinal. And uh, Harbaugh goes to the 49ers. Taysom ends up coming to BYU. But I I would like to know uh, what Chris Peterson's approach was to recruiting Taysom Hill. He said earlier this week that uh, when Stanford was involved, he knew he didn't have a chance. Chris Peterson and Boise State didn't have a chance. So he didn't pursue him. He didn't pursue him hard. Well, now you're seeing why Stanford and Harbaugh wanted him. And you're seeing why Harbaugh and Taysom are still in contact. Wrapping up the Taysom Hill Love Fest, Coach Peterson says running quarterbacks, his included, they got to be careful of taking hits. Unless, of course, you wear number four and play for BYU. I always think that it should be like that, you know. I mean, I mean, I guess if you look at Taysom, Taysom Hill, you shouldn't. I mean, he just runs guys over and, you know, just kind of looks at them when they get up and goes back to the, you know, line of scrimmage and you're thinking, gosh, darn, wish we didn't have to worry about that because he doesn't worry about it. But, you know, I think you got to be careful, you know. I mean, I think you get what you can get. And I, I think that position for us, you know, we'd like to avoid hits if we could. It's a risk-reward. And as much as as much as we say Taysom Hill can't be stopped, he he was banged up. Oh, he can be stopped. We've we've seen that this year. He's he's just has more momentum this season. By the way, gosh darn from Chris Peterson. That's great. <laughs> Is he Mormon? That's great. <laughs> oh, on that note, Bronco Mendenhall uh, also weighed in on the twelve year deal in a way echoing what uh, Coach Peterson had to say right here. You got to kind of look at your schedule and see who else is on there because the one thing I know about BYU is they're always going to be a really good opponent. And so, you know, we played a couple league games and now we got this really good opponent that's not in our league that we have to deal with. And so that's hard, you know, um that 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 is hard. But with that being said, you know, everybody has so much respect for BYU around here. And it's such a good opponent that a lot of people like to see that game. So there's there's interest and in all those type of things. So for us, in some ways, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, you know, is to play that good of opponent that's not in your league. Certainly for us when we're playing them late, like I said, that's, that's kind of hard. I, I think similar. Um, it's always fun to have good opponents on a long-term scale from intrigue for the fans and intrigue for the program and visibility for that. The reality of actually playing a good opponent long term uh, and realizing the implications of that, that's where it becomes more business-like. 
Chris Peterson and Bronco Mendenhall, both offering their opinion on this 12-year deal. They're in year two of it, and while they like the competition level and, and the exposure it brings to their respective programs, they certainly don't like the fact that it's a hard, de- a dedicated and guaranteed difficult game on that schedule. How much do you know about Boise State outside of the fact that they have a pretty good football team, Jerem? Or the city of Boise. It's that time. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? (laughs) I can't get over the music every week. It's fantastic. Jerem Jordan, I'm going first. Why? Bring it! Because I can. We're going to start the easy ones. Name of the the Boise State mascot. Buster. Buster the Bronco. Took one of mine. Okay. What Boise State sport is in the Pac-12? Oh, snap! Uh, God... Women's soccer. Wrestling. <laughs> Believe I, it. I, I didn't really think it was women's Boise soccer. Boise State's in the Pac-12. Wrestling. Wrestling is in the Pac-12. Okay. Boise State, each game, they have a player carry out a hammer onto the field. Who is it and why? It's the, uh, is it the special teams player of the week from the week before? That is correct, yeah. my friend. Nice Woo! job. Nice job. It's from the oh. game notes last year. I didn't read that part this okay. year. Okay. Had a boy. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going with I'm going with my best one right now. Multiple choice here. Who named the city Boise? Was it Sacagawea? Was it French Canadian fur trappers who yelled "Le Bois," meaning woods? Was it Lewis and Clark who yelled "Yeah, Boise"? See it over there, meaning where's the giant clock we can hang around our necks? Or was it Native Americans? Uh I'm gonna go with the French. It was yeah because. because Le, Le Bois means tree, woods. So it's the city of trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. <laughs> you are disqualified. Woo! Disqualified after that. Okay, stadium capacity up there. Ooh, oh, it's like 35. Close. 36,387. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, maybe. A half point. What what's the top employer in the, in the city of Boise? Is it the state of Idaho, St. Luke's Health System, Walmart, or Micron Technology? I'm going to go with Health System because I know it's a big city on health. State of oh. Idaho, fourteen thousand. You know how many Walmart employees? Seven thousand one hundred thirty-six in <laughs> Boise. <laughs> okay, last one. Two thousand six Fiesta Bowl. Who? Th- Ian Johnson. Oh, who threw? Jared Zabransky and scored. Titus Young. The Game tying touchdown. Was it Titus Young? It was, was it the not, other. It, it was, was the other guy. Not Titus Young. Jared Zabransky was the quarterback who scored the I don't touchdown. Know. It's that's a tricky because there was a lateral. It was a hook and ladder. The famous hook and ladder. Gerard Robb. Nice. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around plus today's rise and shout. Some of your tweets from across BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Tomorrow night, men's basketball team will play the first of two exhibitions before the regular season. Watch and listen to the Cougars play Colorado College tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's volleyball. The 19th-ranked Cougars beat Pacific on ESPNU last night in four sets, led by 11 kills and eight blocks from Catherine Lecheminon. That's right. BYU plays at St. Mary's tomorrow afternoon, trying to stay unbeaten in West Coast Conference play. Soccer. The 24th-ranked women's team beat Gonzaga 1-0 yesterday in Spokane. BYU now prepares for a huge conference game against 6th-ranked Portland tomorrow night. Rugby. After winning the national championship in May and preparing for the 2014 season, the BYU Cougars ranked numero uno in the nation right now. According to Rugby Magazine's poll released yesterday, BYU led by football running back Paul Lasique, who will continue to play both sports. Cross country. The four women's national championship teams of 97, 99, 01, and 02 were inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame last night. Congrats to the champs. About time. Nicely done, ladies. Uh, we do this every week, every Friday. Gather up to uh, together our favorite sound bites from some of our favorite guests throughout the week on BYU Sports Nation. Here's your best sound of the week. 
you know, offensively, we came out with, with guns a-blazing, and uh, the, our first scoring drive was three plays, and, and credit our defense. I think Dayson just assume run over the top of you, and he might run around you too, but I, but I think he's capable of lowering his shoulder and picking up yardage that way. For them to have an opportunity to play a good Pac-12 team, you know, which they will this year, this will be a good team that they're up against, and it'll either be a named team, you know, like a like USC or Washington or Oregon State, or it'll be their closest rivals. Now with South Quick out and BYU having a scouting report on Hendrick, I would expect them to be able to shut Boise State down a little bit more than maybe they would have. Joe Southwick, Boise's starting quarterback, was knocked out of the game last week, and their backup came in and won the game against Nevada. So, you know, Boise's still going to be a tough out. You have those those thoughts in your mind of hmm, you might lose, but the good thing about it is you think about it and you you recognize it, but you don't let it affect you. So you just go on with your game, and you do your game plan, you can win. Our best sound of the week. Big props to Spencer King. We like to call him Elvis. Yeah. Uh, go on with your game. Elvis King Salmon, because he wears salmon pants sometimes. It's true. <laughs> it is Sa- indeed true. Salmon color pants. We love you, Elvis. Who gets the rise and shout? Rise and shout today. The women's cross country yes, team. Yes, absolutely. For being inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Four national championships. That's tremendous. And oh, by the way, in the sound of the week, you heard Taysom Hill, Chris Peterson, Boise State head coach, Gary Cavalli, executive director of the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl, Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, who you can hear more from tonight on BYU's Countdown to Kickoff, Trevor Maddich, Sean Maddich Monday, and at J Swag Daddy, Jamal Williams, running back in studio this week. The second time he was in studio with us. Not bad. Uh, final poll results. What's your bold prediction for the BYU versus Boise State game? We have a tie, ladies and gentlemen. We have a tie. BYU by 17 plus, and BYU's defense allows only one <laughs> touchdown. 17 plus, I think, might win every poll. Well, it's it's bold. That's the point. <laughs> Let's get a couple of uh, Twitter responses to this. At Laser Sheep. Great name. This game is not an easy one. None of the options are great for the poll. 31 27 Cougs. Close, close game. Okay. At H. Collier 88, bold prediction, Adam Hine returns a kickoff for a touchdown, and BYU blocks a punt. So he's saying the special you teams done, make the plays. You could have done one, one of those. One, yeah, right. Okay. D- Dustin uh, S. Hill. Taysom has three passes over 35 yards and ends the game with over 300 yards passing and over 80 yards rushing. The 380 hasn't become very bold, but the three over 35, that's pretty good. That, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let that one slide. It needs slide. to be a little bolder. Okay. At BubbleNet. Texas rival fans will dress up like Taysom Hill for Halloween. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That is all hilarity. Big thanks to our guest Carter Blackburn today and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and the aforementioned Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Oh, Aaron was on point today. Check out archived episodes of the show on demand every afternoon at youtube.com slash BYU Radio for Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to a Football Friday BYU Sports Nation.